0: Previously on AFTN. Well, wait, what are you gonna say?
1: I was gonna say it, it's in <laughs> It's Yes, in exclamable.
2: Wait, did, did Steve just. make <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just having a laugh. You <laughs> know that Steve can't pronounce words very anyway. well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: everybody and everybody in the radio land uh you're listening to the there's still time the AFTN soccer show broadcasting live from CITR FM studios at the University of British Columbia on the Unceded Musqueam territory if you're listening to us on the podcast this is episode 304 my name is Steve Pander I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer and there is no Michael McCall he is sick at home I think he just wanted the night off could be, or he was sick because the Scotland lost to Israel, and then they lost to Portugal.
3: <laughs> Could yeah, be but not. those
1: are common occurrences. For my well, Israel, though, I wasn't so bad, But it was, in, it was a way game. So. Scotland
3: yeah. losing to countries
1: that Michael, think they'll, Michael thinks they'll beat? Yeah. I think that happened. The country you cheer on, the, it didn't do too well either this weekend. Yeah, it's, yeah, So it's no good for anybody. Yeah,
3: I guess. I guess I'll just have... I guess... Their followers just have to live on the, the memories of, of the two twenty fourteen World Cup.
1: Yeah, um, w- we are going to be talking about a, quite a few things. There's no games this weekend um, that we uh, teams we normally talk about. Uh, the, the Whitecaps and most of MLS was off uh, as well, but so, so we will get to them in a bit. And obviously, we'll talk a little bit about Canada. Certain MLS team is still going to be staying in the city that they should be in. Yeah, uh, Columbus Crew. Congratulations there. We'll talk about them in a bit. Even though they didn't play this week, they do have a big game coming up on Wednesday. The Vancouver Whitecaps for real, plus playing Sporting Kansas City. So the big question is, where are they right now? Obviously, they're three points out uh, behind both RSL and LA Galaxy, but they do have a game in hand. That game in hand comes on Wednesday. Yeah, it's uh,
3: they sort of in terms of point and points, they sort of have things in their in their own hand. Uh, but they they kind of need to win out to like guarantee, to guarantee a chance at
1: uh, yeah. making qualifying if, for the playoffs. If they tie, you said the, the tiebreaker is I, is I, wins. I thought yeah, the tiebreaker is wins, and I thought they were. I was always I thought they was, they was goals, good in that, goals but, but I, differential, but I guess not, because
3: they're not good well, at that. No, because they keep on changing things. in Yeah, MLS. I mean, what, what would be the fun if Steve, if there was continuity to the rules oh, in MLS? Yeah,
1: exactly, keep us guessing. Exactly.
3: But if RSL won twice they'd be on fifty wins if the white caps won three times they'd be on 15 wins so then I think it goes to goal difference which means the white caps would not not do well not no. do well but I
1: thought that for that for sure that I them. even think at one point uh, maybe a couple of years ago was goals four was the oh, yeah. well, no. so they and, have che and even times. though
3: the clubs knew they they told that they went public in the middle of the year yeah 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 would, and I think that was a year the, the white caps were not so good
1: Great scoring goals. Yeah, it's, it seems like they always decide to maybe... The, whatever's their the, the weak link. Somebody's yeah. a, um, a soothsayer out there that they know what's going to happen to the Whitecaps, it seems like. Um, they are coming off a World Cup break. Let's talk about that first. I think that's the biggest thing. World, world you mean... Oh, well, international, international break. Okay. I mean, international I was, break. I thought I missed something. Yeah, there. exactly. Uh, but but uh, the reason i bring bringing World Cup is because the, the, when the World Cup break happened, they were going in on a six-game unbeaten streak. And then after the break, uh, although it was just two wins and four draws, still a six-game unbeaten streak, they came back and lost four or five after the break. Um, Then September international break, going into their six-game unbeaten streak, again, this time it's four wins, two draws, come back, and they go lose three straight. Is this what we're expecting when they come back? Because they are playing a tough team uh, with a depleted roster.
3: Yeah, but they're – okay, yeah, the, the history in this season does not look good. Pre- previous, previous years, 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 years too. I know, you, I know you love to talk about, was it- uh, Montreal, the yeah, was Yeah, was that the year or was that- uh, No, no, that was a uh, World, World Cup break, oh, yeah. yeah. So was that
1: 2014? Yeah.
3: Yeah, that game was, I agree horrendous. with you, that game was horrendous. Yeah, we're at such high hopes.
1: That's my Alain Rochette when I when I go back <laughs> <laughs> to history and talk about something.
3: Oh, man. No, it's- uh, Yeah, this year, when you look at the coming back off those breaks, it has not been good news. And so- you hope that this can buck the trend. There's also, as you mentioned, uh, a White Cap's tradition of um, somehow not performing against uh, against sides that might be under strength or whatever. This time they are ex- they they are lacking. They are going to be lacking big time. The lineup is going to be really interesting uh, on on Wednesday evening.
1: So uh, what what are the ch- what are their chances with essentially missing six starters? One of the starters. Is there's a decent replacement for him, but other than that, six starters are missing. You got the three that gone to Canada, Tiber, Davies, and Henry. You got Waston uh, with Costa Rica, Reyna with Peru, and Gazal in Egypt. That's a tough six to lose.
3: Oh, it's, it's it's huge. Um I mean they they as terrible as the situation is, they caught a break with the whole Kai Kamara thing. Yeah. with Sierra Leone you know and we'll talk about that later yeah in we'll a bit. talk about that later on in more more detail about the what's happened there but the fact that they're going to have Kai Kamara is extremely helpful, both obviously as an attacking option, but I think also uh, what he what he can provide on uh, defending set pieces and that kind of that kind of stuff. Um, do you want to talk, Can we talk about this? What we think the starting level? Will oh be? yeah, sure. I think well, obviously, I think uh, Kamara up top, Kamara up top, and, yeah, and let's do the easy one first. And Marinovic at the back. Yeah. So those the top and the bottom are easy. Yeah. I think that that's what they're what Craig Dalrymple is going to go with. I think at left back you'll see Brett Levi's. Yeah. Uh, although Marcel's not with Canada either, so...
1: Yeah, it's either going to be one or the other, depending on who's w- one doing one of the on canad-
3: One of the Canadians. Uh, as long or, as Levi's not cramping up in training, he should yeah. be good to go. Well, because he came off at the like the, the death of the last yeah. game, I think, right? Um, and then, I think you see Jake Neuritz get right back, no problem. Yeah. Um, with, obviously, Franklin is uh, the other option there. In the It's the centre-backs where it looks that, like it's going to be... an obvious choice. Aha and Mond.
1: Um, I have no problem with Mond. Like I said, Mond and Henry are kind of... I know a lot of people are, like... Totally bashing Henry at this point. Mond is uh, at that same level, uh, and I think it's probably exceeding expectations this year. Um, Aha has I can't remember the last time he started a game.
3: Well, he was injured. He's,
1: he's yeah, come back from injury. Right? Yeah, but even then, before that, he was he was eventually being replaced by Mond and Henry uh, in the starting line. Even when he wasn't injured, he was getting a spot starts here and there. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but there, like you
3: said, there's no option, so it's got yeah. it's got to be those two um, central midfield. So I midfield. I, I think only three C. I, I only C three is, I, well, potential I, starters. I think. I, well, first off, I think Dalrymple will go continue with a four-one-four-one. Yeah, which is how what they've kind of been calling it. And so I think, um, I think what's going to happen is uh, that one is going to be someone like Jordan Much. I, th- I could see Jordan Much very easily uh, going in at that role. Yeah, I th- I definitely see that as well. And he'll, they'll use his. Uh, Distribution abilities to kind of be sort of a deep lying playmaker. And then I think in front of him, you'll see, I think Nico Mosquito for sure. And then I think Felipe. Felipe. I think
1: Felipe is the obvious choice. We'll talk about a little bit about uh, an article that was written about him a little bit later. Um, And and then. Uh, I think that's the end on the sides is to Chara and Shea. I know you, you, would, don't, you would think you, don't, I know you don't like Shea too much, but you really have no Emnis. Well, I, 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 I like
3: Breck Shea's a, a wonderful individual.
1: Uh, well, on the pitch, you don't like oh. him. Emnis, uh, I think, is hurt again or something like that. He pulled something in training. I heard that on the radio. Um, so, I, I don't know how much chance he's going to have. Was he celebrating the Dutch victory at the week? Maybe. Uh, obviously, the uh you, that, that's the starting, but do we have enough on the bench to make a difference? Are, or are the guys coming back, because they are playing on the Tuesday, most of them, are they going to be, some of them going to be okay to start? I mean, start on the bench, at least, where they can provide something, maybe 20 minutes.
3: I think a couple of years ago, wasn't there a big thing when, like, Jovinko was been with the Italian national team, and then he was, like, on the bench the next game for... Toronto and came on as a sub or something crazy yeah. like that. I you, you could see that
1: happening because it is Toronto. It's not that like he's going across no, you but know like, across the
3: world. It, it, it may very well happen, and it could happen. And some similar
1: type things have happened in desperate situations. The thing well, is, it's just not ideal. No, and look, I remember it wasn't in an international break, but Demar All Star Game. Yeah, uh, and then came to San Jose or something from halfway. I think it was in Chicago to San Jose. I can't remember what it exactly was. Um, and, but, okay, we got those three guys from Toronto, and then you got Waston, who's going to be playing in New Jersey. He didn't play, actually, in the first game against Mexico at all, in right. zero minutes. Reyna played uh, nine minutes, five minutes plus four injury time um, in the first in his first match, And but they're playing USA in P- Hartford, I think. So, again, same kind of area, Toronto, Hartford. Um, the, the East Coast. East Coast, yeah. yeah. So it is possible for them to come back and maybe see sometime. Of course... You want to see him a little bit for the weekend game as well, because you don't want to play him, start him for sure, and because you need him for the weekend against LAFC.
3: Yeah, again, I would be surprised. Uh, I mean, y- there's a number of factors. One is the yeah, like you said, the weekend game. Uh, obviously, before that is the just the, the like the craziness of actually traveling and playing the next day, or traveling that morning and playing that night, or whatever. It might t- it, it could be. I, I I would be surprised if they do that with more than one of them. And even then, I I don't think it 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 doesn't uh it doesn't bode well, right? Like, and, and the other thing for me, as as someone who cares about the next cha- who has uh, maybe more invested in the next chapter of Alfonso Davies' career, like I really don't want to see him like, you know, make a make a quick trip back and then play some minutes and get hurt, like that would be frustrating.
1: Yeah, for sure. How many of these starters that we've put in that lineup are decent replacements? We uh, talked about Mon for Henry. Aha for Waston, that's a definite downgrade, especially considering he hasn't played very much. Um, the midfield is completely revamped. Who would play the holding midfield out of much Mesquite, I think it's gonna be much. Yeah, much. And then so, so considering he I don't think he plays too much there, or maybe uh, I guess he I guess he's a suitable replacement for Gazal. Not let me put it this way.
3: I've heard from some people at training this week that, yeah. that that may have been a place that they've been trying him out. Okay. So I think I think I think they may be getting ready to, to play him there.
1: If if uh, Felipe if he gets to uh to the first half quality, I think he he's a decent replacement for Tybert. Um uh, Mesquita, I think that is a downgrade from Reyna. I think is just more a little bit more dynamic, although yeah. Mesquita can f- show flashes. Yeah. And then on the wings, obviously Shea would be the downgrade or to whichever one you want to pick is the downgrade for Davy. So there is a couple of spots where they're not going to be as strong as they normally yes, would be at least three, maybe four. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Even though they are missing six starters, uh, we were going to have audio from, um, uh, training, but I'm going to talk about one thing that we can discuss that Dalrymple talked about, um, uh, the obviously all of them are the 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 gist of the uh audio was that they were all feeling good about still being in the in the uh, run for the playoffs and they still have belief in each other one thing was interesting that they said uh dalrymple said that he went to the team to talk about that 4141 yeah uh um to, to, to get, get their input or so was it, yeah 4141 yeah uh, to get their input and see what they want to do and they're the ones that decided to go with this attacking style um, in formation and he just kind of molded them in there. And even, even Kamara then, uh, said that, yeah, he listened to us. He was able to put us in this position and that's why, uh, they were able to do not as well against LA because they were just starting it out, but they did really well against Toronto. Is that something that is a good sign for them to uh, getting the team together to, for the manager to go to the team and when you're new guy seeing what they want to do and not try to change too much?
3: I mean, it's a, it's not the typical form of leadership from a coach, right? Uh, at a professional level, um, however, like what does Dell have to lose? Nothing, right? Like he he uh, he's an interim person. There's no there's no questions I think being asked of will he be the next. Next coach, I yeah, think yeah. even if you won five games and won a playoff game, like I don't think anyone would be like he's got to be the guy. No, I understand, Re- but, uh, uh, but I was
1: just saying it's a good sign that he's maybe for the stretch run that he, he kind of took their input in there. It's, it's, yeah, uh, but for him, it's it's uh, it's crucial. It's a no lose. Yeah, It's exactly.
3: a no lose situation, and so uh, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, obviously did not work out in L.A. as you said, and but had the opposite effect in Toronto so you know you'll see going forward again for the players who have been in Vancouver for a while it's, we talked about it, i think last week it, this is not a foreign thing for them they played this a bunch last year i think they've even played it a couple times this year so it's this is not like this is not like they're playing 343 three, you yeah. know what i mean like it's not a the the adjustment is not drastic
1: um. Uh. We talked about Felipe before. Uh. And he, if he plays in the four-one-four-one, he will be playing an advanced position. He was kind of doing that initially in the start of the season, but he get, he got dropped to the uh, a deeper you know midfielder role. Um. He the he, the, he talked to JJ Adams this week, and it was kind of a interview that he showed his frustration. Definitely there. I'm just going to uh, read a couple of quotes uh, that he said in the article. Even when I played well and that was many times people don't recognize it they just want to criticize for me it's not a problem because my stats from years in the league speak for themselves if i had 200 if i have 200 or more starts in this league it's not because i'm lucky or they just gave it to me i expect much more respect from people and the fans i lead in almost every stat in this team and yet i hear i'm a bad player still people are criticizing but that's fine that's football obviously a very frustration somebody that's really Spends a lot of time on social media because I think that's where he's getting a lot of that criticism. Yeah. uh, This, yeah. It's not a great thing. And, and Michael did speak to Felipe, yeah, er, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, well, about a month ago, I think it was. Yeah. And yeah he, he's He's got that uh, um, interview ready to go. But on Felipe's um, uh, request, he's yeah. going to play it at the end of the year. It, yeah. So, like, I, yeah,
3: I was going to say, this is not, like, the fir- first time I've heard yeah. Felipe kind of asserting uh, his, his, his views on, on how his season has been. And, like, yeah, when you look at the statistic, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. There's some things you can't argue with, right?
1: Well, I'll, lead, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you yep. some of the stats, and they were in the article themselves. He leads the team in key passes per game uh, with 1.8. Uh, he's got more successful crosses or corners. Uh, uh, he's actually 11th in MLS with that. Um, he's uh, created 48 chances, which is uh, 12 more than Davies. Um, more touches and uh, passes in the final third. Uh, more successful po- passes in the opponent's half, uh, which is well, again, ahead of Davies, which is uh, 478 to 382. So those are pretty impressive stats. I think the problem is, is his defensive play was so... and But was he, he was put in the wrong position during that second half mid when I think Robbo was just trying to see what he can do to fix that defense.
3: Yeah, so th- as we've talked about throughout this year, there have been issues where... uh And you know they haven't the the cohesiveness of the of the back four back six has not been there. It's like it hasn't previous years. So going from you know I think that you know not having Tim Parker uh, is a part of that. Uh, I think uh, switching uh, Kana. Obviously, it started last year, but switching and holding midfield was is is a really significant thing. Changing your – I know, again, it happened at the end of last year, but changing your keeper has had, I think, a long-term uh, impact on that. And so you're right. They, they tried a number of different things to uh, stop the, the flow of goals. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, Felipe got moved around. He got moved deeper because he does have some bite – uh, I think one of his big problems was some of the sendings off, sending. He had two, is it two sending off or just the one? I, can't,
1: I think he just had one. I, I mean,
3: there's been so many sendings
1: off. I think it remember. was just in the championship. Ch- uh, the ch- uh, sorry, in the Toronto. Rogers uh, Cup. Five, yeah. yeah. So I but, know but that I, that I, was really that difficult. was and that was even that was controversial too because a lot. Of, uh, it was fifty fifty. People thought it was a sending off. People. Some people didn't. I think it, I, I know more people did now the, after seeing the replay, uh, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, but I, so I think some things like that kind of turn. I thought he got one other sending off. Maybe I can't remember though. Um, I'll check to see there, if Michael there's, sends there's, any. There's two
3: or three guys who've had, you know had multiple
1: sendings off this year. Um, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Michael just mentioned that the uh, it's most wins as the first tiebreaker. Yeah, um, and, and they'd be tied if they both won out. Then goal differential. Then goals four. Yeah.
3: No. I. I, I, I I feel for him too. And this is one of the reasons why coaches, people, you know, like Robo and other coaches will tell you like you can't you can't read the press. Yeah. You can't read forms, you can't read Twitter. Now I know it's hard on Twitter when people
1: at you. I know that's the problem. That's
3: that's that's a hard thing, but like as a professional footballer, people are going to love you one day and hate you the next. That's kind of like how sports works for better or for worse. And I think uh you know i think even in uh even in a even a continent where football's not the predominant thing there are enough passionate people about it that you'll hear a lot of negative things when things don't go well and you'll hear you know some good things when things when things do go well so you, as a player, you gotta, you got to avoid that stuff. I, yeah. I, I remember talking to uh, some former players about you know, certain situations, like how do you handle them, what you do when this happens or this, that happens, and, and, and the fans, the supporters react in a certain way, and they always kind of say something similar to the effect of you can't, you, can't, you can't get too high when things are going well. And you can't get, you can't focus on the negativity when it comes when things aren't going your way. Yeah, you have to be able to keep working. You have That's to. Be for able life, to <laughs> That's for life too. That's just almost oh, no. sports. Just for life. I know, but but think about the difference, right? When yeah. you when when see, I, you know, I've seen you at work. Yeah. Uh, you know, you come to work. If something goes bad at work. There's how many people know that something's going bad? Maybe your boss, yeah. maybe a coworker. Yeah, yeah. Not like everyone. To hide it. Everyone. Yeah, not everyone's watching you and not everyone's tweeting about it and yeah, like exactly. adding you, you know. So this is a little bit different. But so you really got to avoid that stuff. And he's because he's right in one sense. When you look at the stats, his stats, are, you know, on this team, which some would argue, you know, has not been a good team overall. His stats in terms of a number of those offensive categories that you mentioned are, you know, he's leading the way. Yeah. And, and you got to remember in this last spell, both the good moments and the bad moments, he has not played a, a significant amount in the last, what is it, five, six games? Yeah, it's been a
1: while since, he, since he's been benched.
3: So th- th- that's one thing is you you hope going into this, because I've seen it like, uh, I know we did the Kai Kamara thing, he, you know, he already was kind of not playing then, and uh, Kai Kamara uh, was his birthday or whatever, um, and uh, September 1st, and we, a few of the guys came over to help celebrate at the end of the match or whatever, and like, he was gracious enough to come over, but like he just did not look happy to me, you know, like like not in, not enjoying anything, and like so you, you gotta you gotta push you gotta be able to push past, past all that, right? Like you gotta be able to. So I, what I'm hoping is with this this Kansas City game, I'm hoping one he gets a start, and I'm hoping he continues to uh, show what he can do offensively and can also help to. Maybe keep the first clean sheets, you know, since April.
1: Yeah, it would be nice. Um, the, let's talk about their opponents a little bit. Uh, we're going to do a quick, we're not the preview show, so we're not going to do too much research into this. Um, but obviously, Sporting Kansas City, they played them one year time earlier this year. It was a debacle, 6 nothing yeah, not, loss. let's not talk about that. Two two red cards, uh, it was uh, Juarez and, and Reyna. Reyna, yeah, in the 40th minute. They were already down 3 nothing at that point, so... They weren't coming back from that at that point. Um, uh, Sporting Kansas City currently sits a third in the West, four points behind FC Dallas. Uh, they have a game in hand on both Dallas and LAFC, who is sitting second. Um, so it's a vital game for them because they want a home field advantage. Um, so they won't be coming in uh, no. not looking for Because
3: LAFC just uh, leapfrogged them, right, with yeah. their win against Houston. Exactly. So, yeah.
1: Um, they they're missing three players of their own uh, for through the international break. I don't I, I don't know how many of them are going to come back. Johnny Russell, uh, his last game with Scotland was Sunday, but he didn't play any minutes. Um, uh, Franklin Gutierrez, who's I think it was Chile, he's a Chilean, right? I believe so. Um, he the, he didn't play against Peru. Um, we'll see. He's got a game on Tuesday, so he probably won't be available. Um, and then Kristen Nemeth. Uh, Who's with Hungary? Uh, He he played 15 minutes in the first game, and he's got a game tomorrow, Monday uh, against Estonia. It's in Estonia, so that again, even if he uh, doesn't play, he'll play. That 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 trip from Estonia to To Vancouver Vancouver is not an easy trip to make. The the big
3: the big thing is of those three, obviously, is Johnny Russell. He's been one of the guys who's made their team tick this year. Yeah, well, he
1: leads in goals and assists, nine each. Yeah,
3: so. If he, if he, whether he plays or not, and it's, or whether he makes it back, it's today. Yeah, so whether, yeah. Whether, that three days is enough. Three,
1: three days is enough. I don't know if it's enough to start because he's played. Uh, well, he didn't play today. Actually, sorry, he didn't get, play against Portugal. Right. But still, it's a trip. Maybe he starts on the bench. He could have been the difference maker against yeah. Portugal. oh
3: well, that's true. <laughs> but no, uh, regardless, obviously Michael hopes he'll be in the stadium, so yeah. he can talk to him. But I, I – it, uh, you, if you're Vancouver, you, you hope he doesn't play
1: Yeah, and uh, previous to the international break They were on a three-game winless streak Two draws and a loss um, Which enabled uh, the goats to get past them yeah, Exactly um, They are, uh, uh, offensively, they're very, very uh, w- uh, Even though, like I said, Russell only has nine goals Nobody's in double digits for goals But they are sixth in MLS goals uh, which is that means they're spread out, so they might not even need a Goodyear. As they, Namath just came back, uh, in from New England in June or July or whatever it was, yeah. So he hasn't played that many games. Well, either. That,
3: that's because of like again, the uh,
1: the identity of Kansas City as a football club,
3: right? It's this the team is the most important, and so that's it's kind of like how they play, right? Yeah. It's kind of like the ethos, it's their identity, you know, something that people have, you know, for eight years in MLS longing for the Whitecaps to really truly have. San, uh kansas city has that yeah and so uh,
1: that's something that vancouver needs totally
3: and yeah. so they're not totally reliant or dependent on uh individuals have you know playing out of their skin uh because of how they've the the, the culture and the identity they fostered there and so he will be a loss obviously uh, i mean looking what he did against vancouver last time alone yeah um but he uh I think they could. I think they could still come to Vancouver and play this Vancouver side and take 3 points.
1: Yeah. They like I said they are good at attacking, they're also good at defending third in MLS and goals against. Um they have as many wins on the road as the Caps have at BC Place. So uh, this year they have six wins on the road, Vancouver six wins at BC Place. So it's not a good, that's not a great sign either when that happens. Um their history in, in, in uh, coming to Vancouver uh, two wins, two draws, two losses in six games Those are just the league games, right? Yeah, I think so
3: So we have them also once in the, in the yeah, con- CONCACAF Champions
1: League That was over there Oh, yeah, oh that's right yeah, yeah, we, yeah, We beat them here and there Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, So uh, prediction time, what do you think?
3: <laughs> this, this is usually when there's three of us I, yeah, yeah, quick I prediction would go, I would go last because Well, I'll go first then okay. I
1: think it's a I have a feeling it's going to be a 2-1 loss
3: For For Vancouver, for Vancouver yeah Yeah uh, uh, yeah, it's hard to see Vancouver winning this. I uh, I was gonna say something more like 3-1 uh for, for Kansas City. But obviously I'd be happy for the players if they if the Vancouver if they were able to win it.
1: But then they get the two goals against two. They keep that streak going. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. Now another team that did play this week, uh Vancouver team was their uh touring team that was a lot of um uh some U twenty threes but a lot of U nineteens. Uh, young players they went to mexico uh quick update on that they lost all three games uh but the first game it was to uh toluco uh toluca uh, toluca sorry 3-0 uh Cruz azul was 1-0 and then lost to club america with 2-1 bear théo bear was had the only goal in that uh, thing so that was better than the 86 uh, canadian national team <laughs> They got a goal in mexico <laughs> in three games i think the settings were a little bit different yeah yeah exactly good uh, job good job théo um but uh it's it's it, I, I kind of like it the fact that they they did imp- keep improving. That's a, those are U twenty three teams. Now I don't know how many uh, twenty three and under players they played. Maybe they played mostly academy players too. We don't know, uh, but it, it's a decent showing for them considering this, this has kind of been put together. Uh, and uh, it, all,
3: it all makes up for having no WC two. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: and and how, how important was it to get minutes there, or is this just like uh, just? really a nothing thing for them it's until they do it regularly three games is not really going to do anything for them it's
3: yeah it's it's uh i wouldn't say it's more of an experience i would say completely completely insignificant but it's definitely not close to being significant
1: yeah well we'll see what happens to see if it happens more regularly next year if they use that some of that 13 million to set up a touring team maybe they go to germany and play some games there could be Sure. Never know. There's a lot of academy teams that they can learn from there. Well, they
3: used to with the residency
1: with yeah. Thomas Neindorf. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously Zach thinking it's not totally insignificant, uh, uh, but something that had some, a lot of significance was the Canadian women's national team. They qualified for the world cup. We'll talk about that after the break.
2: I'm David Edgar and you're listening
1: to the AFTN soccer show.
4: I've been shaking. I've been bending backwards till I'm- Watching all these dreams go up in smoke.
1: welcome back uh that was a little celine dion for uh it's for uh, ashes from deadpool 2 soundtrack um uh, obviously they love celine dion and i thought it play something for them Ex- explain I- that
3: more that, than just saying they love celine dion well they they sing it all the time before right, okay. the who, who?
1: Uh, the canadian women's national yes. team we talked about it before no People i know still too did
3: oh no but i it's been a long time i yeah, the the players in the past, especially with Karina LeBlanc, used oh, so to yeah. always do like. I'm video, sure they still do it. Videos of them, of them singing or lip syncing yeah. or whatever.
1: So yeah, so uh, again, a dominating performance today. Although it was mostly in the second half, uh, they beat the Panama in the semifinals seven nothing. It was surprising that Panama was there because they upset Mexico. Mexico, yeah. Uh, the, two, uh, the two teams, the semifinalists that were uh, that we thought were going to be there, Costa Rica and Mexico, got bowed out. Yep. And Jamaica and Panama got through. So it'll be a surprise third team that gets through to the World Cup. No, for I, sure. I watched on my own volition. Oh, there's Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> they got hammered too. I think 6-0 by the U.S. Overall, the, uh, they've outscored the group matches 17-1. to um, including a twelve nothing win versus Cuba, uh, so it's overall twenty four to one that nope. they they they've gone in their first four games. The one
3: goal against has to be
1: frustrating. <laughs> but- Oh, against, they did. They, they mentioned that. Yeah, uh, I think Diane Matheson mentioned that yeah. uh, when in the post game that they were upset about that. They were also not too pleased with the way the first half went today. No. Um. After C- Christine Sinclair, who got two goals today, I think she's eight off. Yeah. Uh, eight overalls, to go. Eight to go. Um. She, after she scored that first goal, she was giving a death glare. It was a very frightening look she had. Uh. Second goal when she scored, she was much happier at that point. Yeah. So uh, it was good to see there. Um. They're gonna play. I
3: really wish she had not come off. I really wish she'd stayed on. Oh got, well, I think they want they too. want
1: to rest her for Wednesday too. She, sure. You got the U.S. coming up. I know could. She probably could have bought it a couple more goals um, against the, to bring that total up. But yeah. why not do it in the World Cup? Do you think she can do it? Yeah, so, yeah she could uh, have a setup for the World Cup. Totally,
3: she could. But at the same time, like you know, fitness and health these are not like givens when you're a professional athlete, right? And like, I really wish she'd scored a few, at least a few more in these uh, in these games. Passed a little less, scored a little bit more.
1: Yeah. As they mentioned on the broadcast, uh, they have, in every CONCACAF uh, championship, I think they've reached the final. The on, on, they've the participated. Yeah. yeah. Um, how important is it, They're going to be playing the U.S. How important is it to them for, to beat the U.S. and get that, that, you know, after, I think, I don't know how long it's been since they beat the U.S. I was going to say, do you know how long it's been? No, since I you? don't
3: know. My understanding is it has been literally 15 years. Yeah. It's been since
1: 2003 since they've beaten the U.S., so the, how important it is to get that one win and really, you know, per, is it more important now or is it more important closer to the World Cup? Maybe they play him in uh, 2019 when it gets a little bit on the run. Again, I
3: think you can't go wrong with uh, turning a new tide. Yeah. With, uh, you know, changing your mentality. Or not changing your mentality, but uh, getting a morale boost from beating someone you haven't beaten in so long. So literally um, most, if not all, these players have never been a part of a side that beat the U.S., I think maybe one or two of the older uh players may have, like uh Sinclair and Matheson. But um I think it would be a very positive, even though yeah, winning this tournament is not super as, as, sorry, as prestigious because you've already qualified. Um but uh I it can't let me put it this way, it cannot hurt.
1: Oh for sure. No, it definitely won't hurt. Um although it might piss off the Americans enough that um they, you know, they might they might really get revved up for the World Cup, and I don't want that. i other
3: yeah, but you're not guaranteed to play them in the World oh, Cup. Oh, that's true.
1: Yeah, right. good point. And, we will, and there's probably not a chance that we're going to have a Norwegian referee too at that time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah,
3: the, good, the one of the things I do like is that for the most part, Canada and the US have stopped playing each other in friendlies. I like yeah. that. Yeah, because they, they're going to play enough competitively in tournaments like this. So. I think it's it's been good. It's been an, I can't remember how many years now, but
1: and it's good to get different opponents, yeah, uh, as well. Because so you're, you're not playing you're, the same uh, the style all the time. You get a, you get a glimpse of other totally. styles.
3: You're gonna play every what two years probably in
1: in the, in the CONCACAF thing.
3: Well, in, in CONCACAF qualifying for the uh, the World Cup and then CONCACAF qualifying for Olympics. Olympics. So yeah. those are big enough matches.
1: Um, one guy who is uh pretty pretty uh um obsessed with beating the U.S. Um, is John Herdman? Um, he wasn't able to do it with the women's national team. He's, yeah. a, he's now he's with the men's national team. He wants to do that uh, with them. They have a big game on Tuesday on Dominic versus Dominica. Well, not big. game. I was gonna say, what do you what do you mean by big? How do well, you- big game in the fact that they just need to they need to take care of business and score a lot of goals because like in the in the thing and we'll talk about when we get back from we have a little audio from John Herdman. It, it, the the Nations League. Uh, there is qualification yep. ramifications, and they need to rack up goals and points and stuff like that because it's a big logjam up top. So uh, we'll discuss that when we get back. But first, uh, John Herdman of the Canadian men's national team.
0: What's your view
1: on the Nations League, John? And and how do you think, if at all, it'll make things more competitive in Well, I've said this all along. It has
0: been a real pause in this concert. It's like anything, it's- this mere goals Pros are. we get a chance to, to go to places like St Kitts um, w- within this, this period of time and start uh, look at building that resilience training in environments that haven't normally favored Canada. So I think that's a massive pro. I think the, the pro that there's points on the line is an importance to accumulate goal difference. That we're now in a ranking system, some one-off games may not hurt you as badly as they've hurt, it, you know, hurt Canada in the past. But I just think generally, I think there's a focus. It feels like we're on a journey. It feels like every every game is a step towards something, and, and we're able as a as a coaching team to frame that up uh, to give players real clarity about our purpose and and what role they have to play in a in a four year path towards a, a World Cup. So you know, I'm I'm very pro this you know a little bit tough because, you know, there's so much right on these games that it's difficult to accumulate another match in between. You know, it's hard to have a friendly where, you know, you'd have that extra match and you're trying to periodise for two games when this game is so important to our our future as a country and, and make sure that we Qualify to lead the nation's group game. So that's the sort of downside that you know, the friendly matches where there isn't these points on the line uh, are no longer available to us, uh, not at least in the short term. Lots of talk about the team's uh, depth and quality in attack. In terms of the defence, though, uh, how do you feel about your team's defensive depth? And do you maybe have an idea at least what your back four will look like going forward. Yeah, look, Peter, I think from the defenders, I've been open and transparent with, with the whole back four. Um, you know, in, in June, July, I connected with uh, with every member of the team and I gave a squad planning overview of the positions that, you know, that were, that were under real scrutiny and, and some positions where there was genuine opportunity. So, It's been an assessment phase. I said, uh, you know, all of the centre backs, regardless of how much time they've put in for Canada and and, uh, full backs, that, you know, I I would take uh, a look at a lot of different players and get a sense of people's character, people's competence, you know, to find the right fit for the Gold Cup. So it's an assessment period. I think it's an area that, you know, we have to strengthen. I think we've got the potential there. I think. You know, there's areas that I can see real opportunities for growth, and that's some of it's the communication, the leadership aspect, having a really dominant figure in that back four. And then, you know, regardless, I think the back four for us is about creating that unit. So it's about the right men, the right fit, the right balance of talent across there, and people masking people's weaknesses and, and elevating their strengths in that back four unit. So... You know, this is this is the area I want to spend some time on and, and really challenge the group as well as, you know, the, be diligent in the assessment over these four matches so that when I get to the Gold Cup I'm pretty clear I've got a unit there that are gonna bind in, in tough moments against the opponent. John,
1: obviously there's been a lot of positives this year with, you know, people like Baloo and, and Alfonso Davies committing to Canada. Um, but I mean you know the game on Tuesday. I appreciate that it's not Dominica, but it's not going to be sold out. Far from it, from everything I, from what I understand.
0: How
1: how do you gin up interest in the team? How do you? What can be done to sort of uh, get common fans more interested in
0: the fate of the men's national team? Yeah, I think you've got to beat the USA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you you've got to beat the USA to, to, to stop this country, and uh, you know that's the one opponent. That this country uh, all seems to tune into, and when we have that moment, it's um, uh, you know that's that's on all of our minds. So for us, it's a process. It's one. I've said this. I've said this consistently. We've got to keep earning the trust of the fans. We've got to keep earning the right for them to want to buy tickets and turn up. Now, uh, you know the the, the organisation does a lot of good work off the field, but. At the end of the day, we got good momentum out of a Gold Cup. Out of the Gold Cup, the momentum there, you've seen us you know, pretty much sell a stadium out against uh, Jamaica. And, and it's those moments. So I think what League of Nations, Nations League, is going to do for us is, is give us some consistency and matches that are meaningful, that the fans can come and support. But Nations League next year... 2019, when we when we make it into Group A, because we're going to do that, that's something we have to do. When we make it in there, we're going to play the Costa Ricas, the Mexicos, the USAs, the Hondurans, the Panamas. You know, big games where, you know, we should be selling out stadiums for those games. And all it takes is for us to cross that line. Identity. I want to buy into that team, and once we have one, the second one comes, the third one comes, and then we build a greater tribalism around you know this team and the excitement around this team. So I think I think it's a time thing, John. I don't think we can uh, expect fans just to drop and jump on board because we've got some new faces here. This is a process, for, you know, for, to earn earn the trust of people and, and to bring back. You know, or, or even create a new audience
1: of, of people uh, with our performances. That was John Herdman uh, speaking to. Uh, oh, Michael apparently was sick, so he wasn't able to ask any questions, but he was able to record it. Uh, the John Herdman, the little snippet you heard. Um, you, you check your if you're uh, signed oh, up yeah. to the extra time podcast, you that has been sent out. So it's a full 24 minute uh, interview uh, conference call, and you can check that out and get all the information there. So check your inbox. Thank, there. Thanks for supporting the show in on that way. Yeah, for sure. But what are your thoughts there of him talking about beating the U.S. and uh, then eventually went on to the Mexico's, Honduras, uh, Honduras, and Costa Rica's and those kind of teams. Yeah, how w- important is that?
3: Well, I think he's I think that would be something that would be significant Canada beating the US. I think also Canada obviously, you know, getting to the final round of World Cup qualifying will be massive and yeah. making the World Cup and hosting those are all play things, but I think he's right. I think uh I think beating the US on the on the men's side would be uh, as a significant step as it is as it was a, is a significant thing for the women. Yeah. um as well.
1: Well, the, the Nations League. Just for people that aren't sure about that, um, essentially uh, there's about uh, where, where is it here? There's about 34 teams. There's some teams that have already qualified for the League A for next year, and um, so this is what ha- what's happening now is the lesser teams are, are going to qualify for League A and the 2019 Gold Cup. The top 10 teams will qualify for the uh, 2019 World Cup. Uh, go- sorry, Concacaf Gold Cup. Yeah, and the top six teams move on to League A um, and fill out the rest of the, with the teams like Mexico, Costa Rica, Honduras, and USA, and others um, in order to set up that and for next year. So that'll be interesting to see. And and that's why it's very important. Right now, Canada sits in 12th spot. Uh, they had, do, do have a plus-8 goal differential, but they've only played one game where a lot of the teams above them have played two. So if they get another 8 nothing drubbing like they did in the first game, they're top spot at that point because Curacao right now is – Top spot with six points and plus fifteen goal differential, so that's that's essentially what they're looking at. That's why, kind of this game they need to just go for it and just keep scoring goals. You sort
3: of j- jokingly said that um, this is a big game for Canada against Dominica. Yeah, but like there, there is yeah, there is some real importance to this game. Like yeah. uh, like you well, said, capping tabla. Well, <laughs> so no, I okay, I was, yeah, I was going to get that, but yeah. no, you're right in terms of this the whole Nations League thing. It's big, and so. I know for some people it's frustrating to see games like this, like yeah, 8, 11, 12, nil, whatever. It's frustrating. But right now this is how things are set up, and they have to they, have to they do have it. They have to do their job. Yeah, they got to go do it. They can't do it
1: half-assed and we just win 2 3 nothing. That's not going to work. It's
3: also big for the capping players. like You talked about Tabla, maybe Boosty. Yeah. But it's also significant. It's been so long since Atiba's played for Canada. Yeah. And T- Atiba has never played with a number of these young players. And he can be a big influence oh. on that for sure he could be a huge influence forget about the off the field stuff the, on the field in this game having Atiba and his presence and his experience and his abilities could ha- this like this could be a very special night and it's
1: and it's not going to last long either because he did announce today that yes. his, the 2019 gold, gold cup will be his last uh with canada last appearances That's with right. canada so, so he,
3: his
1: his games like
3: you know he's on the clock for the number of and the, he's doing so
1: much time, for the CPL too uh, which, which with, has been
3: promotional very nice. yeah yes yeah it's been very nice to do that so, uh, yeah, they got to take advantage of that, hopefully. Like, now, like, w- with that announcement, it's like, now this Gold Cup carries extra special kind of opportunity, right? To yeah. send him off. W- if they could send him off with a victory in the Gold Cup, like, how amazing would that be? Or you get, get
1: back to the finals or something. The, where, where, in, the, in that 2000, was it 2007? Uh, what? It was a semifinal against the U.S. Semifinal, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right.
3: You mean he should have won? The offside with yeah. his, the, his look, the yeah. famous face. Yeah, no, they. Uh, yeah, I mean, they need you to get back to the final. But imagine if they could win it, send Atiba yeah. t- off with a, with a win. But yeah, I just want to see him in the midfield, running, controlling, setting with, setting the pace, the tempo of the match Piet. in the midfield. Yeah, with yeah with Pierre, whatever whoever else is there with yeah. him, but with these attacking options, yeah, man, with Arfield, with he never with, had that before. Yeah, with Davies, Tabla, Laren, yeah. uh, Hoylet, like there, like there's so much exciting potential there, right? Like.
1: Well let's let's talk about who we think is going to start what kind of formation they're going to have because they had a kind of
3: uh they had a 4-3 full 3 yeah but well, kind of morphed, morphed into, into a, a 2-5-3 yeah.
1: um they had basically wingers playing fullbacks on uh, Davies and Liam Miller last game um uh, uh, and they you got think even, they'll be able for that this game uh well they might they've only brought two fullbacks in uh, Ashton Morgan and then the kid from uh, France uh well Zachary yeah. Brol Guiard or whatever. <laughs> Zachary, yeah, just call him Zachary. Zach. Um, so uh, those two are the only fullbacks. I don't know if they're going to go. They might even start Hutchinson at right back. No. Who knows? No. I'm just saying. Who knows? No. no. That's he, not, you never. That's know. That's not happening,
3: dude. They didn't. They didn't bring a Teba.
1: Yeah, I know. But <laughs> back. But, but I think he's he he if they told asked him to do it, he'd probably do it. Um. But oh, like, I think he would. But I yeah. I think Cavaliers. Maybe maybe that's why he's announced these I'm
3: joking. I'm joking.
1: This, this is this is who I got. Starting right now, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm doing this uh, with a cap's bias in mind too. Uh, I got Cavalini up top with Ho- ahead of Laren. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. so. He's just scored for Mex- in Mexico again. Or uh, he keeps. Oh, uh, uh, I think he plays for Pueblo. Yeah, Am I yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah, he's, you know, brick. Bre- uh, yeah, he scored again this year week. Uh, so he's, he's on a he's on form. Uh, and then behind him, I got Hoilet Osario and Arfield. Hoilet. Osorio and Arfield oh, sorry, I'm, I'm thinking 4-3-3 uh, it'll be Hoylette and Arfield with Cav- C- Cavallini, and then in the midfield Osorio Hutchinson and Piet
3: so you think neither Davies nor Tabla starts
1: I I I think they just go all out at, at this point I think they bring Tabla as a, as a sub otherwise they, they put in Tabla for Arfield that's the only other option or Hoylette but who do you sit then? That's the question. Oh, uh, some, because they do have a lot of attacking. Some
3: significant players are definitely going to have to sit. I think. I think what's going to happen is Arfield's going to be in the middle. I think you'll see like something like oh, instead uh, of Osorio. Yes, okay. I think you'll see like Hutchison, maybe Piet or Osorio, and Arfield in the middle three. Yeah, and then you'll see like Davies Tabla, or maybe maybe Tabla uh, Hoylet and Laren or P or Cavalini. My
1: biggest thing is I want to see more Ashton Morgan play left back. I don't know. I want to see Alfonso Davies play left back. Oh yeah. That's the other problem. Yeah. You're, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm happy with seeing all whitecaps on the bench. So maybe they can come back and they're not worn out. Yeah, maybe no, they can do something on the bench. Yeah. I you're know. right.
3: Davies will be playing left back again. Yeah. I bet, I bet you. And so that. Do you
1: think Liam Miller plays right back or do you think they go with a young uh, guy from uh, league one, the Does He needs to be cap tied, right? I, don't, I think he does.
3: I can't remember. Uh I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. And by then you got Jonathan
1: David. Don't forget, you got Jonathan David uh, on the bench. Yeah, but he's cap tied. Yeah. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Liam Miller. He could play right back. I can see. Wanna. I can see Miller and Davies starting again at fullback. Yeah.
3: Who, so who's going to be center back? Do you think? Um, uh, I
1: think they go with Cornelius and James. I think James for sure. Yeah. Uh, it could be Cornelius. I don't know if they want to put Henry. He's going to be playing in. Uh, I know it's not. They're, he's not playing against TFC, but he's playing in, in the Bebo field. I don't know if you want to put him on. There. I'm,
3: I mean, this is my sentimental hope, as I hope David Edgar gets to start. But
1: I wouldn't mind it, but I, I, I just don't know what his form is like with Ottawa, so I'm not sure yeah, about that. I think you're. I think James for sure, and yeah, possibly Cornelius. Um, who goal Simon Thomas? Or did they put Boosty, or did he uh, bring Boosty in? I love for I, half-time I, or Simon
3: Thomas like is a awesome dude. Yeah, uh, who I strongly appreciate from all the times I've gotten to connect with him over the years uh and his family but uh I would love to see them cap boosty just because Do you think
1: they're bringing him as a sub?
3: No, no. He seems he like when I, I, I don't a, think you want to waste a sub. I,
1: re- I read an article on him and he seemed like really pumped to come to Canada even though he's he's playing for Juventus uh U19 which is a pretty a prominent spot to be in um and so he you know I think he's going for Canada because he probably realizes there's a lot of competition with the Italian national team, and he just a
3: little bit, yeah. So I think he for a just, keeper in Italy,
1: yeah. Well, I don't think anybody's played this Buffon play. Uh, he keeps playing her at this point. Uh, is, is he still? Is he retired now? I don't remember. We need a Massimo here. Um, so uh, I saw him tonight. You oh, should have brought him. I, I invited him. Oh, it wasn't he, too busy. He, he's a little bit busy. Okay. Um, so I think that's a lineup, and I, I, it'd be interesting to see. Um, is there any chance that the Caps players are even needed? with that lineup. I think they will play uh, on, but
3: I, I think Davies is gonna do think Tybert, going to play. you think Tybert, I think
1: Tybert would be important to bring back if he can sit in the hole and then be, you move much up to uh, into the more attacking role. At I, the think, 4-1, 4-1. I think
3: you got to, I think you got to switch hats with this, Steve, man. <laughs> you got to be able to say what's best for Canada. And, uh, and even for like Rusty, I think just being with, being with this group and putting in, putting his best foot forward in training. And yeah. if he gets selected, if he gets subbed on, like uh, taking, you know, taking advantage of that
1: okay cool uh let's talk about the uh, cpl a little bit talk about the cpl ticket prices uh were announced for a couple teams and there's interesting information for both those some are really good uh deals uh you get extra stuff and some are aren't as great but it's still it's still a decent deal for all all teams above that have announced it so far what do you have there, Zach? I think you. I'm were... trying
3: to look up the uh, the one piece information. I have the Halifax, one and and
1: they're there. the ones that are, are giving a kit with the with the season ticket. From what I understand,
3: yes. Okay. So I think I think Valor has their stuff out, right? Yeah, I think. You,
1: yeah, you mentioned them. Uh,
3: it's going to be interesting to see kind of the uniformity or the lack thereof in what these teams do with their their season ticketing and their uh, what they're what they're offering and their their cost, um, but the the uh, the Valor stuff in Winnipeg came out uh, was days at uh, about five days ago, and uh, the, uh, so interesting stuff from them. If you you can, you can go on their website or their social media and kind of just see what they what they're doing. One thing is uh, if if you look, uh, they are only putting. So this is important, yeah. right? Because I think uh, one of the things about this is. When you're a new league starting out, uh, you want to sell it. Well, you want to sell, but optics are important. Yeah. So this is something that other clubs and other leagues have really failed at miserably in North America. When you when you watch them and stuff, is I think the 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 CPA, the Canadian Premier League, and the Canadian soccer business, I think understand the importance of uh, of the optics of things. And so what Winnipeg is doing is they're saying, okay, we know we're not going to sell out our uh, our pigskin stadium. Uh, to start with in the CPL. So, let's put all the people in in together in in kind of one part of the stadium. And uh they're choosing to put the people on the side of the stadium that where the cameras are going to be facing. So, unlike when you watch for So example, basically
1: the opposite of the hard camera. Yeah. That's o- what they call it. Yeah. Uh, so basically the opposite It happens w- in wrestling too because they always seat everybody on that side and the, the other side is completely empty. There there's yeah. a there's a reference,
3: wrestling a reference of for, the week in the evening. Yeah.
1: Oh. There'll be another one later
3: on. Oh, okay. But look, the opposite of what Ottawa has done. So sometimes when you watch Ottawa, you're like, where is everyone? And they'll announce like 5,000 people or something. You're like, there's no way there's anyone. It's because they're all on, on the, the side. side. So yeah. this league has understood the significance that you have to do. So if you look at what Valor's doing, they're putting all the people on the one side of their stadium. Uh, their lowest uh, ticket price is, uh, I think, 220 I want to say 225 Yeah, for a season. For a season. There, I also have some youth pricing. They have some youth pricing that's a little bit lower, I think. Uh, but basically, uh, 225 uh for a season in their supporter section yeah, and the family section. And things go up to the Pinnacle Club. I'm not sure exactly what the Pinnacle
1: Club is. Well, I'm assuming it's it, the same thing. Like You get uh, a seat side service and stuff like that.
3: Well, yeah. Anyways, it's 585 for the year. Yeah. It says their loge, their loge seats uh, are sold out, which oh. that's... That's not bad. That's not bad. Now, Winnipeg um, Winnipeg Valor <laughs> is, uh, one of the things about them is that, so they're owned by the, what do you call them? The Blue Bombers. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, Pigskin uh, Canadian Football Club. So one of the things about that is uh, is that it's a community entity or whatever. So it's a different kind of setup there where they can't, uh, the things they can do and the things they can't do are a little bit, uh, different than in other situations uh, within the CFL, but in this case within the Canadian Premier League. And um, so it's kind of um, it's kind of interesting to see uh, one of the things that's different for them when you look at the Halifax. So the Halifax stuff has also come out. Uh, their, uh, I think their cheapest seats uh, are, I want to say 199 in um, the youth section. Uh, yeah, one ninety nine in the U section, two forty nine in what they call the White Wave, which I think is where their supporters are going to be. If I'm reading this rightly, uh, no, they're one ninety nine in the supporter section as well. The kitchen, the kitchen. That's gonna be. I gotta ask some guys about that. <laughs> we'll um, but but that. the interesting thing about about uh, the Halifax thing is there's this included uh, for the member benefits. So if you become yeah. a member of their club, yeah. Uh, they got some discounts. They got some guaranteed lowest prices, monthly payment plan, exclusive member events, but the kicker is this. So, remember, you're paying at if you're a support, in the supporter section, it sounds like a hundred and ninety nine dollars for fifteen games for the year. Yeah. Okay, and then you get, and then you get. An authentic Macron game jersey with every seat purchased valued at
1: one hundred and twenty dollars. One hundred twenty dollars, but it's obviously not costing them that much.
3: No, but that's what you—that's what a normal person would have to pay with no discount. Yes, at, at, so
1: that, uh, that's
3: significant. Significant. Yeah. And so, what I'm hearing, uh, and that's
1: what, you say, like, I guarantee you, that kit is probably costing them maybe forty dollars. Well, it doesn't matter uh, what. The, doesn't no, matter but what... I'm just—I'm just saying. But but giving that, at, uh, the, you, you give the retail value. And and people are gonna flock to that because they're gonna see value in that. So that that's a impressive thing. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying oh. for them it's not costing them that much to do that and they're they're creating buzz to get people to buy tickets. Totally.
3: And I'm sorry, I see I was just looking at it from the supporter fan kind of perspective yeah. of like that's, that's an incredible oh, incredible deal. Incredible value. Yeah. How could you not want to be a part of that? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's like paying. I have a feeling Michael's going
1: to buy a season uh, ticket. He might just get to a get season ticket in Halifax. Yeah.
3: Because yeah. $100, 120 bucks for your kit yeah. and $80 for your season ticket. Ta- like, yeah. it's, cra- it's crazy. It's so crazy. But this- then
1: those guys will buy a lot of beer. They'll make up for that. Sure. Sure, I guess. <laughs>
3: yeah. But the crazy thing is so you see this in Halifax, but not in Winnipeg. And so. Uh, it's interesting to see that that's not a uniform thing, especially because the league, um, the league, it's a league deal with Macron, with Macron. Uh, and so it's kinda, I don't see the the valor people saying, Oh yeah, we're going to add this because Halifax is, but, um, Oh, what my guess is and what I'm sort of hearing rumblings of is that you'll see some clubs in the CPL do this, but you won't see all of them. And so that's going to be a little bit awkward, uh, I think going forward, if you're in one of those communities where it doesn't have it, and you're looking or you're playing against people and they all have this kit included, it's kind of like an M- an MLS in yeah. you know when you look at you get your season ticket package and you're like it's a box of stuff, it's a, a box of nothing, and then you go on the internet and you're just like oh, oh yes, they are giving it's away it's scarves it's... and shirts and yeah. all this other stuff all around. It it, it 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 creates a little bit of difficulty in your own own culture, so it's it's a little bit surprising that this is not like a league wide. Initiative, yeah. and maybe showing one of the one of the one of the levels of differentiation within within uh, the the ownership groups itself. Now, if you don't know, it's important. It's important to know that um, Halifax is at least in part owned by Bob Young, who yeah. also owns um, the Tiger Heads, who also owns a Forge FC. Oh, right, right, right. right. Sorry, yeah, so, yeah. so if they're doing this in Halifax, you got to see this happening in Hamilton oh, for sure. But he's also that's one of the more wealthy owners where you have this community run thing in, in, in Winnipeg that's not doing this. So yeah. there's going to be some interesting dynamics as that plays out and as obviously the league continues to grow.
1: For sure. And then uh, obviously after the break, we're going to be talking about a team that now can sell season ticket packages that w- which they didn't think they were going to next year, uh, the Columbus Crew. So after the break, we talk about the Save the Crew and, how, and the success they brought to the Columbus area.
2: Hello, it's Kai Kamara and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
1: Welcome back. That was actually Sammy Callahan theme song. He's a wrestler. He's actually from a town that's about uh about 40 miles from Columbus. So it's a, a, a OVE Ohio versus everything. So that's what their moniker is. I know you find that interesting. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh so obviously we uh, like we talked about it. The Columbus crew look like they are being brought back uh what looked like it was not going to happen. It's not official yet, but it looks like it's a sure thing based on other stuff as well. It's being bought by an ownership group that's led by Jimmy Haslam. He currently owns the NFL Cleveland Browns.
3: So he Um, knows about winning.
1: No, he doesn't. <laughs> so you know a little bit about that, that with that joke. Um, the, so, and I think, I have a feeling he's the money guy and I think there's other minority owners that are actually going to run the day-to-day operations. It seems like, I, I can't remember the name of the person, but there's, there's somebody that was it, it also mentioned and I and I, it seems like they would be the day-to-day and he would be the money guy with the majority stakeholders. Well,
3: maybe owning the crew will help his pigskin team do better because the crew have actually won some stuff.
1: Yeah, it could be. Yeah. First of all how surprised are you that this happened were you shocked when the when the announcement came on Twitter I, I the first time I saw it was on Twitter
3: Yeah it's uh, yeah it's a friend's message Yeah I was uh, I honestly I'm I'm a little bit surprised because basically one of the most frustrating things in all of this is it it feels like MLS desire all along has been for a certain outcome with this Yeah starting with Allowing the sale or, or or whatever involvement they have in in the sale going through uh, pre court, it seems ha- came in with this plan. Like he it was, it, it was, was like, already in motion. Yeah, it was he like wanted... he, it was like he was trying to live out the the movie Major League. Yeah, right. And, and, you know, and so uh, come in, buy this, buy this, uh, uh, this team at a at a lower pl- a lower price. Uh, allow them to depreciate, so you can move them. Make it easier to move them to a different community, and so uh, I am a little surprised because it feels like behind the scenes, MLS knew this is what he wanted to do, and we're happy for it to happen, and, and so uh, I'm surprised in that in that sense. However, uh, in the other, in one respect, I'm not surprised because, for, in my opinion, football clubs and and really sporting uh, teams in general, yeah. but especially football clubs. Are, are nothing without people who are passionate about them. And I know lots of people will want to talk about um, the attendance numbers in Columbus, but I think that they have been uh, at least somewhat hampered by this gentleman owning the club and how he's run it.
1: And uh, and the thing is uh, they did have uh, – they, they- they announced this after all the season ticket uh, like oh, deadline happened too, last year. Yeah, and they made it it was non refundable at that point. Totally. So there's no there's no way. But and, but some people already didn't show up anyways, even though they bought the tickets. Yeah.
3: So, uh, but with, without having passionate people, you don't like sports is is less significant. Yeah. Like even like even when you look at teams where they their their paid tickets are high, but there's aren't aren't people there because it's corporate or uh, because uh, people just don't go. Right, because they're not that passionate about it, it totally takes away, and that's in all sports, right? But so I think in Columbus there is a group of very passionate people about their about their sporting team, about their football club, their soccer club, as they call it. Um, And so I hope I'm happy for them. The Save the Crew people, the people put a lot of time and effort into making things uh, happen. I'm I'm really happy for them, and I'm hope I'm hoping that. This can be a really great community story, like that they can they save their club, and I hope this will draw some people who stayed away because of what was happening, draw them back, and I hope it'll uh, the I hope there's a path forward. I think we're going to talk about some of the path pathways forward for this club in terms of the. Potential for a new stadium and all that kind of stuff. I hope yeah. some of those things can really even rally and galvanize their community even more. I don't want them to win anything, yeah, for sure. But I want, no, but I now, want them to be, now that be viable
1: now if they're saved and everything, um, I have I'm not going to be supporting them at all. in it. No, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. the the support's over. You got your team back. Yeah, we, we leave us. Alone. We're going to leave you alone now. It's just, it's just hate now. We know, like you talked about before, we know the MLS is going to spin this as a big achievement. Oh, totally. But and that's and, and the mainstream media and the mainstream uh, fans that come to these games are probably going to buy it, especially uh, the people that weren't paying that much attention to it. But this is kind of an embarrassment thing because they had it. They were with Precorp uh, in this plan to move this uh, club to Austin. Oh, totally. Just I mean, if you
3: doubt that, just look at how glowingly they would speak about it on their own website. Yeah, right the prospect of going to austin and blah 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 like yeah they they were they were for this
1: yeah and the, now the big question is you talked about it before that they are not very many the, it wasn't well attended this year the team obviously because a lot of people why would you support a team you you want to support the players but you don't really want to support the the club at this point but you also have to show the
3: power that you have as, like i don't yeah. think we do this in north america Really hardly at all. Yeah. The power you have is uniting as fans of your local community, team, whatever that is. You have power. Yeah. Here we just don't recognize it. Maybe it's because of like as a society, we've decreased things like, I don't know, like things like unions. You know, we've torn them apart and like we don't, they don't have a, a voice in society anymore. Well, like as fans of something, if you come together with one voice, you can really make a difference.
1: Yeah. And but the thing is a lot of people just think the the ownership is never going to listen to us. I yeah, think that's I'm, what it Yeah.
3: Oh, totally. I'm one voice and blah yeah. blah blah. Yeah, no, but if you come together, you can actually do something.
1: Five fingers form a fist. Um the hand. Yeah. Um the, do you think these they they will come back or do you think over this year they've found other ways to spend their money on other the uh, sports and or other things and they they go I don't really miss it that much. No, I
2: think
3: there's some like really People who are passionate well, about the the, the group. passion. I'm talking about the mainstream. Oh, people mainstream. That, that would come to the games well, I think once in a while. I think I think some of them will come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I also think that there's there's got to be a new way forward. Like not just you can't just have a, a new owner and nothing else. Yeah, there's got to be kind of a new. Not they don't have to rebrand necessarily again like they did a few years ago. They don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. But I do think in terms of like the actual vision, identity, culture of the club that needs to be either uh refocused or revitalized or whatever going forward and i think a big a big part of it is the stadium yeah location is not the greatest and and the it's like the first soccer specific stadium in the united states if memory serves right or yeah. second maybe 1st right. or less but or
1: one of the first for sure
3: yeah and so it it needs they need something new or the, something needs to happen with that
1: um like we talked about the ownership, obviously they they've come in and helped out, but and the, the save the crew group that really put in a lot of effort there. How much of, of effect do you think that state lawsuit had? Um, that really seemed legitimate. Like a, like, and the funny thing is is the reason why that's in there is because the Cleveland Browns got moved to Baltimore, right? And it's funny that the Cleveland Browns owner is going to be saving the crew based on that. Law. Well, I don't know how much that, but the, the the people who prosecute or the prosecutors, state prosecutors, they felt that that was a legitimate law and that was going to be able to stop this thing from happening. That behind the scenes, that probably had a big effect, and also the city uh, government that uh, put these plans together and got together and, and made these potential plans for a new stadium closer to the city. Yeah, I
3: know. Steve, I think those well, are two big I don't, know, I don't know if we'll ever know. No, yeah, uh, the, the, but I you got to think that played some kind of role because MLS doesn't change a money-making opportunity for no reason, right? Yeah. So this, the other thing- they look at the bottom line. Oh, yeah, totally. The other thing in this that uh, I I really want to see how it plays out is, I don't know if it became fully a lawsuit, but the situation in Texas- with, oh, the San Antonio was, thing San Antonio yeah, thing cuz cuz yeah. that's a big one too where they said look you told us to do all this stuff to get it, and but you had already had this thing going on with Austin yeah. so you were misleading it. that I want to see if that I, I, I want to see that play out yeah. I want to I want to know what happened there I think we won't ever know but
1: and I I think the uh I I don't know how much of again this is probably behind the scenes but FC Cincinnati coming in, I think, it's, and being an Ohio rival and everything like that, oh. and they love rivalries, and this could be a big one for both teams. It, it should be, yeah. And so I think I think that probably had a little bit of an effect. Maybe the expansion group that brought is bringing FC FC Cincinnati into it. I'm thinking orange because they're orange and yeah, blue yeah, and everything. Yeah. Uh, FC Cincinnati into it. Uh, I think maybe they had something to say. You got to save these guys. We can have a rivalry with them. There's no other if they leave. There's no really other ta- uh you know city around us at all. So I think that probably had a big like I'm not saying big, but part to play in 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 the whole bringing saving Columbus and everything.
3: I think I think even if even in the short term, well, Columbus might be stuck at their stadium uh, before something happens there. Um they they're, they're going to have some great game. that stadium is going to be full when they play Cincinnati because if it's not filled with Columbus supporters, I think it's going to be filled with Cincinnati supporters. Yeah. Um but I think that you're right. There's something that could be really special and I think Colum- about the Ohio State. Some Darby's. of the
1: Columbus uh, supporters went over to Cincinnati too, I think during one of their games and, and and made a road trip up there. Um now we obviously talk about FC Cincinnati is going to be joining uh, MLS I think uh, next year. Um Another team that now it looks like they are joining is Austin as an expansion club. There was a statement uh, from the PreCourt sports ventures, uh, PSV uh, for short, uh, on October 12th. So that's about three days ago. That's when the whole Columbus thing broke up. So the, the, the statement is, uh, with the recent news of a possible investor group stepping into Columbus, Austin FC is on verge of becoming the first major league sports franchise in the history of Austin. Uh, PSV has made a remarkable process, progress in Austin and, you know, made an agreement to see with the city, which is finalized. MLS in Austin will be a reality. Uh, they go on and on about that. They're opening up, uh, looking to open up in the spring of 2021 with a privately financed stadium. And, um, it's basically they're, they're, they're boosting it up as though they're a guaranteed expansion team. And it looks like there will be. Yeah, I mean, and they basically I know that they were moving the team but now they kind of jumped ahead of every, a lot of other teams that that were well, looking for expansion. Well, that's comes.
3: that's the another thing about this. If it keeps out, this, s-
1: this brings them up to 27 at this point now.
3: Yeah, and they, and Garber said, "Oh, I don't want to talk past 28," right? Yeah. But you know they got to be aiming for 32 I think to it, I make think it they balanced are. more and- Well,
1: let's go over these cities. Austin's obviously in, so that's 27 Yeah. because you got Miami, Nashville, and Cincinnati. Um and then you got The other teams, and we're going to talk about St. Louis during headlines, uh, San Diego, uh, Phoenix, uh, which is, uh, I think, Drogba's part of, Sacramento, which I think is going to be on the outside looking in once this is all done, and then Detroit's still up there too uh, with their big stadium, uh, and and very uh, rich, fine uh, owners as well, the Ford family. Yeah. So right now there's only one of those five teams that are going to get in.
3: I I like I feel bad like we've talked about this a long long time ago but I feel I feel bad in one sense for the people lost Austin because they've lost their football club in the past right to um Orlando yeah well to Phil Rawlings right yeah. like you literally closed up shop and like, uh, if you talk to people on the on the ground in Austin, they'll tell you like literally like the people showed up for work one day the, the doors were locked and the club. It's was happened gone. before too. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: uh, Baltimore to Indianapolis in the uh, football league. Exactly. Yeah.
3: So I feel I felt bad for them. However, I did not feel good about them potentially getting Columbus in the way they were. Yeah. Now that it looks like they're getting their own club, I feel excited for them. However, this owner is just dodgy. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want. It's hard. Like it's hard to want anything good for Like,
1: he just... But if he if he bought this Columbus team to move to Austin and he's getting Austin, I think he'll probably be staying in Austin for a while. Right. you will probably have some oh, kind of yeah. agreement, multiple years agreement. The other thing is... Multiple decades. I don't years.
3: think we'll know this either, Steve, necessarily. I don't think they'll let us know this, but how is that working out? Like, how are they making... Pre-court hole in this because there's no way he's gonna pay 150 million to go to.
1: Oh, I think the, yeah, there will be. There's some kind gonna of, be
3: some kind of, and no one's gonna know about except about it except for the real MLS owners, and yeah. if they know, unless they're sworn to secrecy, other people will know. Like it's just it's 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 weird that there's they have to make him whole for whatever they kind of wink wink nudge nudge agreed to when he joined, right? Yeah. So he's gonna be getting some. He's gonna be getting almost like a David Beckham esque type, type type deal. Deal, on, yeah. On a on a, on a so at on least a new, they, on a new league. At least they have a
1: stadium though in Austin. Well, <laughs> Miami doesn't. Well, <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, they, they're proposed one. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. But so I, in one sense, I, I at least I have at least one friend in Austin. I hope I hope she's going to be able to go to games and and feel better about it than if it was. If it was the, the Columbus, the Columbus B, crew. Yeah. The one thing is, will they be called – uh, I think their name's already come out as Austin FC or FC Austin or whatever. But, uh, what, or the one, the one when, logo. When, why
1: would they call them PSV Austin? Oh, PSV Austin yeah. in, in red and white stripes? Yeah, I don't know.
3: <laughs> that would be very, uh, very MLS.
1: Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, we're going to get more information probably this week. Uh, it'll be uh, obviously it's not finalized. Like you said, nothing official. So hopefully, this week sometime. The Save the crew official. people. I think said it was coming up this week, right? This week, yeah. yeah. And obviously, Austin, uh, the PSV people have uh, have already announced that they're getting expansion teams. So it seems like very likely it's going to happen at this yeah. point, unless something drastically goes wrong.
3: So, congrats to the Save the Crew people. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Columbus Crew fans, supporters, they, way to way to save your and, club.
1: And you know what? A lot of the uh, I'm guaranteed they'll probably very thankful to a lot of uh, supporters around the whole MLS oh, for yeah. what they've done. It's that time of the show. Michael's favorite time. Uh, he's not here to enjoy it. Um, so he sent in a song that it's about Marco Van Basten. Wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Michael's not here today. Okay.
3: So let's not do one of Michael's songs.
1: If you don't want to, do you have a song to play?
3: I, I, I keep telling you guys, I, I don't have this, the exact song I wanted tonight. Oh, okay. So we'll save that for another time. Yeah. Um, but I think we're going to, this is a song that will help people get ready. Those who want to continue following the career of Alfonso Davies, this is a song you'll uh, probably hear a lot in the future because it's the the club anthem of FC of Bayern München, which is uh, basically in English, it's the Stars of the South.
1: Okay. And so we'll play that right now? Sure.
4: There's no
3: Oh, there's the star of the south. Uh, yeah. Stern des Sudenus, Sudens. Uh, basically, the, the, in English, it's FC F. Bayern, the star of the south. You'll never go down because we stand by each other in good and in bad times. FC Bayern, the German champions. That's the name of my club. Yes, that's what it was. That's what it is. And that's what it will always be.
1: So that's what uh, Alfonso has to look forward to.
3: Yes, you will hear that a lot.
1: And we'll talk, actually, uh, we have in the headlines coming up after the break, we do have something to talk about, Alfonso. Um, So we'll talk about that and other headlines after the break.
4: Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
1: Can we kick it, Zach?
3: Yes, we can.
1: We're back for our final part. Obviously, it's a a good week for me because uh, somebody (laughs) came back. Um, I missed him a lot. Bill Curry back from his vacation, and he was able to provide some headlines. BC Soccer Web headlines. Oh, sorry. Headlines brought to you by BC Soccer Web, uh, where you get all your international, national and local news, um, check them out for your one-stop news and information. They have classifieds. They have a whole bunch of other stuff. You can submit news yourself if you want to, if you think it's newsworthy and they'll stick it on there for everybody to see. So
3: tell me what you've been uh, finding on the site there this week, Steve.
1: One of the biggest uh, stories, um, that we talked about in previous weeks, uh, was the, the series the own. Yes. Um, issue, and that was a pretty uh, big thing. Where uh, Sierra Leone has now, has had the games canceled. Um, they're home and away with Ghana, exactly. And they're they're not sure if these games are even going to be made up. They might actually just kick Sierra Leone out of the 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 qualifying for the the African Cup. Yeah, they've canceled back to back qualifiers against Ghana. They were he- handed a ban because of the suspension of the – I think it was Isha of, Johansson or something yeah, the like head that. The, yeah, the head of the FA. Yeah, there it is, Isha Johansson. As president, uh, basically, it's the, the because the money – um, wasn't being the, – the, the government feels the money wasn't being uh, put to the right uh, development and everything that right. they were getting so, from FIFA. Yeah, so
2: FIFA
3: gives funds to nations to do work on different football infrastructure and projects in their nation, especially nations where uh, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't make a lot of money from their football program.
1: Yeah, and we have a a, play, uh, a member of Sierra Leone um, national team w- with the Whitecaps, and somebody asked him, about the cancellation of the game, so let's just play that little clip right now
0: ah save my legs, save my legs, save me all the travels because it's not easy to go all
2: the way there to play those games uh there's a lot more you know that obviously I want to say about how everything's going on in Sierra Leone, but you know it's hard it's hard it's it's not about me anymore it 's not about if I can play for the country another another game it's about you know the future of the country the the
0: thousands of players young kids that want to be professional you know soccer player like I am and you know most of their career has been ruined for the past I don't know what four or five years so you know there's a good thing about the suspension but we just hope that uh, that suspension leads into something you know better for the country
1: bit diplomatic yeah uh, he, well he didn't want to go into too much of it because you never know what's going to happen the, the, the old regime couldn't come back in yeah cool because yeah. well,
3: if you saw his his uh, Twitter messages about it, you can tell he has, uh, yeah. I think he would love to. Like you can sort of get it there. He loved would love to play more for his country, but at the same time, it it it, it sounds like. And maybe I'm misreading this, but it sounds like he has concerns about how the things have been going.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see there uh, some new uh, news. Belgian football club clubs raided and police inquiry into alleged fraud. Uh, basically, agents, referees, and officials from top clubs, including Anderlecht, Club Bruges, and Standard Liège, are being investigated into alleged fraud involving the transfer of players. Don't know exactly where those players – you mentioned it might be Africa well, that a uh, lot of this stuff is going on from.
3: Yeah, for the last decade or two, like uh, Belgium has been uh, one of the first landing points for uh, players coming out of Africa.
1: Like Mustafa Jarju <laughs> would be one.
3: Sure. That is an example. You are correct. But no, so uh, yeah, because of their, obviously their country's connection to Africa, uh, uh, French is one of the languages spoken in Belgium, which is helpful. Yeah. but, But so I don't know the details of this, but it is not surprising to me that there are some concerns being raised. Uh, It was interesting that you you mentioned the agents are involved. So whether those are agents who are directly like tied to clubs, like, you know, we've been talking about in Vancouver, or these are agents just kind of within the country. uh, It's interesting that they're being maybe involved in this as well.
1: The the investigation actually began last year, and they are going to be focusing on uh, suspicious financial transactions uh, during the 2017-2018 season. So it's obviously something there going on. Yeah. Oh, FIFA is uh, not done talking about uh, talking about Sierra Leone. They are now threatening to suspend Peru if a certain law is changed. Um, they're basically uh, the country's Congress is looking to change a law that's going to affect the uh, statutes uh, uh, concerning the Peruvian uh, Football Federation. The the law in question is actually uh, uh, seems like a reasonable one. Basically, they don't want the the state to oversee the finances of the federation, not. Affect the finances, just oversee it. They just don't want any checks and balances there, which sounds to me as being very suspicious that they don't even want anybody looking into it at all. Uh. It seems, uh, you know what FIFA would do if there was something wrong with the finances. And some news from Australia, Usain Bolt, uh, the world's fastest man, scored two goals. Uh, in his first start for Central Coast. They were playing a regional all-star team in a friendly. a friendly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, first goal, you saw that one. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a nice strike. Obviously, he was on a partial he was, he was, break. Yeah,
3: he was breaking away from yeah. the defender. It L- looked like it was his left foot they scored with. I don't yeah. know if he's left-footed or not, but oh. he, uh, the, the great thing was just, like, the joy. Yeah. Like, you could just tell how. And he had
1: the pose and everything like that, his yeah. typical pose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second goal, um, he basically, it was just a mishap from between the defender and the goalkeeper. They definitely look like a regional Was it his right team. foot or left foot? Do you remember? Uh, no, it was just oh. a tap in from oh. like, it was an October Rivero special. Oh, okay. So it wasn't that bad. Hey, uh, they all count, Steve. They all count. Uh, North American soccer news uh, Penn FC uh, is going to be joining USL League One in 2020. They're formerly the Harrisburg City Islanders. Uh, they're not going to be participating in 2019 as they're looking for a new soccer specific stadium by 2020.
3: I, I really hope things work out. There's been a number of. Uh uh, previous uh, Vancouver Whitecaps who've had stops there, I think at the end of their career – or sorry, uh, but along their the journey of their career. And kind of Harrisburg has been kind of like in USL for a long, long time. Yeah, so. they,
1: they're one of the, the – I think they were saying they're one of the original teams. If not, I could be wrong about yeah. that. So I just I
3: just hope that they're, th- this hiatus doesn't turn into anything more than a year.
1: Yeah, it, and, and I think it's got to do with a lot uh, – the way usl is uh, setting up their leagues and everything like that cuz i think oh, they're oh yeah, division that they one need certain things uh set in order to, for them to play in that league one right fc cincinnati inv- unveiled some uh, renderings of their new stadium they're going to be it, it's a, basically i sh- i sent you the picture they look it's, it looks pretty spectacular they'll all the uh, it's basically open in the middle um it's sur- the the all the stands are covered by roof so nobody needs to worry about getting wet at least. Uh cold probably but not wet. Um and- No
3: that's huge. Like I think the only one that I can think of that's really I mean Dead Bull Arena I actually think that has done this well too but yeah. uh is the Bank of Calf Bank of California Stadium in yeah. uh in uh in LA. I yeah. think I think basically everyone's covered. But like when you when you watch the games at like uh uh Audi Field yeah. like in DC like i'm happy they have a new stadium there there's less raccoons i think they've <laughs> they bolted everything down now like yeah nobody's going to be hitting. but uh but like you watch it one obviously there's something wrong cuz not, there's not enough people there but two you're just like why would you not put a roof over more of the stadium like yeah. your fans have had to go through like terrible weather for like for so many years I mean, again, obviously, it's a financial element, and
1: and it's hot there in the summer too, so we would it be get some shade as yeah. well. Yeah, it works both ways. So
3: this this it looks nice in Nashville. Yeah. this picture does look like
1: well, no, those FC Cincinnati. Sorry, sorry, Cincinnati, Nashville, yeah.
3: Cincinnati. Four sides covered, a, like Tw- looks like a proper stadium, twenty
1: six thousand stadium. So I think that's the, the top five or something. Yeah, yeah, but that's
3: the one thing. That's the other thing from from this uh, this article, Steve. Yeah, does that not feel like not enough? Like, they've already had friendlies and stuff where they've had 30 plus thousand. Yeah, I know.
1: That seems weird.
3: So, like, are they going to, in three years, are they going to have to expand it?
1: Uh, How are they going to? With a roof, too. That's going to be a difference. And and they're looking to open this in March of 2021. So, they'll have a couple years at their current stadium, I think. Uh, We talked about expansion before. Uh, St. Louis is back in the news uh, uh, for uh, getting a new franchise and stadium. They were considered frontrunners in 2017 until a tax uh, for a publicly funded stadium was voted down. Now it looks like the stadium is going to be privately funded by an ownership group that includes the family behind Enterprise Car Rental. So I guess they will be their official car rental company. <laughs> of do so what that happens to so, uh, yeah, the looks like St. Louis is kind of back. We talked about them before, but it uh, looks like they're back into the thing.
3: It's like one of the sort of spiritual homes of U.S. soccer, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, years ago, I even think when Van- around the time Vancouver was getting MLS, St. Louis was in, they wouldn't talk, but then the guy who was behind it apparently had no money. And so it was kind of all. Uh, smoke and mirrors kind of thing. Yeah. So I feel bad for the people there because I know they've had, like, USL sides come and go and whatever. So you, you, if if MLS is going to 32 teams, you can't see St. Louis not being one of them.
1: It's one of the bigger markets too, I think. Right. And As so, good a good rivalry with Kansas City would have then. Exactly.
3: So you hope whatever happens there is legit and, and if it's going to happen in a 32-team MLS, yeah, you, you you hope it works out for
1: yeah. them. Uh, Liga MX president. We talked about this a couple, a few weeks ago when Steve Nash mentioned it um, in his appearance at a, a podcast. Liga MX is uh, president mentions that USA, Canada, and Mexico could form a league after the 26 World Cup. Um, he says a possibility, uh, and Enrique Bonilla says uh, if we can make a World Cup, then we can make a North American League or a North American Cup. I think that's more yeah. likely. The main idea is that we have to grow together to compete. If not, there is only going to be the rich guys in Europe and the rest of the world. Yeah. So I think they're looking to compete, obviously, with Europe. Yeah,
3: I could see some kind of a cup. The the league talk is like utter foolishness, isn't it, Steve?
1: I think so. I, uh, like, uh, Steve Nash mentioned that they'll have uh, relegation and, and promotion with that as well. So I don't know how that's going to work. How do you decide who goes into the top part of it and who goes in the second uh, when really nobody deserves it? Maybe they'll just go in the last standings and just drop half the, team, half the league. I'll, I'll
3: say it again. It sounds foolish. Yeah.
1: Uh, Roger Gonzalez of uh, CBS actually, he said, he mentioned it on Twitter that he can confirm that the two leagues have talked about it potentially Then uh, that they're in really early stages and it could have a huge change to what it means to be a sport in North America that we have all three countries in it. Canadian news Saputo, not very happy. He's losing money. <laughs> Millions to 11 to 12 million
3: Sell some more cheese My friend Sell some oh, more funny cheese. story
1: I actually uh, I had no idea For a while there That he actually made Dairy products I didn't know that And then one day I was in my garage I saw something <laughs> Like powdered milk Or something It said Saputo on it I go What the hell is this And I looked it up I go I told him I told my wife we're not buying this stuff anymore. I figure another company that you want to buy. I think it was
3: in the pre MLS era. I once like went on the Southside forum and started a thread called Confessions or something, (laughs) and I was just like, I need to confess. I just bought like a bag of mozzarella Saputo cheese from Costco. (laughs) 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 Um,
1: He's he says he's losing eleven to twelve million per season. Um, He's looking to reduce the club's annual tax bill of two million. That's I think that's his whole goal. Their plan to inject fifty million into upgrading Saputo is on hold. Due to the, if they do that, they're going to double their tax burden to four million. The season ticket base is not very much; it's just over nine thousand. They're targeting thirteen five for next year. He did rule out selling the club and shutting the door on the club ever being ro- relocated, but he says he might take a step back and from day to day operations. <laughs> we'll see that. I believe that yeah, what I see exactly.
3: Okay, so there's a, there's a few interesting <laughs> things on this. Uh, I mean, I I tweeted about this about this article from TSN or whatever. But basically, it's 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 nice that Joey's speaking so freely about uh, you know what he's what he's spending or what he's losing on on the MLS operation side of things, uh, and I can understand uh, this is in part because yeah he wants his taxes reduced. I mean uh, I don't know who doesn't want that. Um, uh, in in most in most in most senses, the thing is if he's going to talk so freely about all the money he's invested and what he's losing. Uh, It's it's hard to take this seriously for me when you don't factor in. I think we were even just talking about this last week about the amount of money, the significant amount of money. The uh, my guess would be over ten million dollars that he he made from some this year. The soccer United marketing. I I don't think that
1: goes into the club. Oh no! It
3: it definitely does not. So we can lose
1: money one side and then he he, totally. he it's the it's the way.
3: mls shell game right yeah. as an owner you can write off the losses and then you got all this you get all all this windfall from from the sum money yeah. it works for them with with taxes and that kind of stuff it works in a situation this where you want to plead poor and get stuff it works for them when it comes to the uh, negotiating the, the the collective bargaining agreement with the players union they come and say look this is how much money we lost montreal lost 11 12 million this mm-hmm. this this group lost this money. Well, that doesn't a fa- factor in all the money that they're making off being involved in and this whole setup. And they can hide money too. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge the, huge like the show all the, game.
1: All the cheese he's selling to the stadium, <laughs> uh, he, maybe that's coming the And their poutine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No,
3: it, so, it, I, like, okay, it's nice that he's talking about this in one sense. Yeah. I saw a French uh, reporter from Montreal, I believe, tweeting out, like, adding up all the – it was a little bit, you know, far-fetched because he was adding up all the money that, that Joey's invested over the years – but he he said like seven years MLS times eleven equals seventy seven million plus the the fee to get in the league and the stadium which he doesn't own and the what the facility they whatever and he, so it, it came down to like one hundred ninety five between 100, 190 and two hundred million yeah and so Joey supposedly he said the club's worth one seventy five which you know is less than what he's actually supposedly invested on you know by someone's napkin math or whatever yeah. But, it's uh, never a dull moment in Montreal.
1: For sure. And I think the other thing is, is the, um, and I, I think it, we were talking about like, you know, how some is getting them a big windfall. Can you imagine what that's going to happen to 2026? Um, he, yeah. they're going to cause some is going to be s- uh, selling all the rights uh, for that, um, you know, the world cup and everything. So they're that windfall is going to go to the MLS owners part, part of that. So that's that's a big win he's not going anywhere right now at this point no. He's he, he'll take the loss for that and, big and so one. as
3: much as i will speak negatively about MLS and some and how they've done it yeah these are all learning things for the Canadian Premier League yeah be, where they the, re, be, the, the reason the reason they' set straight straightforward with it <laughs> right but the reason they set up Canadian soccer business is not is not a mistake or not a just a oh MLS did something like this we should do no they they've said look this is how you don't lose your shirt. But they've also, they claim, the people I've talked to in the CPL, they claim that they also realize the the errors that the league has made with some, and so you hope that they don't repeat some of those. and And the lack of transparency, I think, it has to be one of them.
1: Um. Uh, and more news. Uh. Actually, this is uh, uh, concerning Alfonso Davies, like we talked before. Um. B- the Bundesliga website had a had a profile piece on. Uh, six new uh players that are kind of being the next wave for Bayern Munich.
3: Youth players within Bayern. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so number one listed there was Alfonso. Uh, they had a quick uh, rundown on his uh skills: lightning quick, uh, not afraid to stand up to a fullback with his fancy footwork. Uh, play a dangerous cross or cut inside and pull the trigger. Sound familiar? Who Who are they talking about? Do you, uh was is it Aaron Ro- Robin that they're talking about? When because he said sound familiar question mark but they never mention who they're talking about well it's, is it it's, rob- it's Robbery. yeah right, it's, it's, oh, it's Ribery r- it's both of them oh yeah okay yeah so they're both kind of like that um, they also mentioned they're going to be filling a space on the left wing where fans have already witnessed tinkering so, between Ribery Gnabry, and and uh, Rodriguez and he's equally able to play the right flank so robin is a possibility through re- so just field. to
3: clarify the cut inside and take a shot that is more speaking about robin than every oh, okay. but still yeah. They, yeah.
1: so what do you think about that like uh, the, is it accurate the way they're describing it and what is uh, you know where he would fit in in the team
3: yeah, except for, I don't know why, and I know this is from bundesliga.com or whatever, but I don't know why they're talking about Jaime Rodriguez as a wide player, because he's not a wide player at, well, at he,
1: all. Well, he not, but he probably filled in or something. They're probably yeah, figuring he, out. He they has, yeah, they have, that's used, what they have
3: used him here there this year, but it's not like that's the ideal. He's not, a, it totally changes how you play, because he is not a winger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, yeah. The, King. I mean, Byron has before without Davies. They're currently in the first team. They have four wingers. They have uh, Franck Ribery, Arian and Robin, who are both gonna. This could be their last year. Yeah, they're both uh, well into their thirties. Uh, then they have Kingsley Coleman, the Frenchman, uh, who's right-footed, and Serge Gnabry, the German international, who's also right-footed. Uh, Coleman is injured. Yeah, and he's going to be out for quite in, a while. Lengthy period. Yeah, and so. Um, It'll it'll be interesting what we we'll see what happens. The other thing I was telling you about this, Steve, but the the other thing is with uh, Alfonso having played left, so much left back for Vancouver, having played there for the national team uh, in the the last game against the U.S. Virgin Islands, one of the Virgin Islands, one of them, yeah. Um, he uh, Byron has been really short at fullback. They, short, they I told you we talked about it before they sold their backup left back a while ago, yeah, and basically they have uh, Joshua Kimmich uh, at, at right back. And they have David Alaba playing left back, although he can play many positions. Any play, yeah. And then they have Rafinha, this Brazilian guy, who's right footed, naturally right back. He is their full back backup for both sides. Both sides, okay. And so Rafinha went down injured, and he's been recovering. And uh, Alaba pulled a hamstring. I think his right hamstring. He's left footed, but pulled his right hamstring. And he just a day or two ago just started back into uh, running on the pitch or whatever. So for the next game on the 20th, it sounds like Rafinha is going to be fit enough to play at left back and Alaba will either be a subs- like a backup on the bench, or he should be ready to go for the the next game after that. Yeah. But so I could, as mu- as mu- like I said, I think a week or two ago on the show, as much as I was hoping and and planning for Davies never to play left back for Bayern, it feels more and more like he could see some see, see some, some time, time there. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you, the cool thing is, if you go read. If you go read that art, the article, yeah, um, of the six other players, I think half of them are defensive, half of them are attacking, exactly. And you see a mix. There, of guys. there
1: is a couple. There was a, at least one other fullback in that list too.
3: Yeah, and if you if you, the other thing that's interesting, if you look, is you see a mix of like you got Alfonso Davies. There's a South Korean in there. You see the mix of Bayern bringing in young, talented players. Yeah. To to bring through, and you see some of their own guys that that are coming through, and it's exciting for them that there's a couple center backs in there because they're amazing, world class center backs. Definitely seem to be near, near or past their their you know sell by date, and so it's going to be interesting to see what happens for them long term.
1: Um, so last bit of news here. Um, obviously TFC were eliminated from the playoffs last week. Another what? Another uh, Canadian team was eliminated this week. Was Ottawa Fury? Uh, they finished in tenth spot in their conference. That 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 wasn't the big news. The big news was uh, uh there was a tweet by Pete Chad that mentioned that. Um. Oh yeah. So. The, the the Concacaf uh, might not sanction them for U- USL uh, next year, and I was actually struck by that because I was going. I thought it was CSA that would sanction them. I looked it into I looked into it and talked to somebody in the East Coast about this, and they mentioned to me that it's actually Concacaf because it's a Canadian team in the US League. Uh, so it's in their jurisdiction,
3: right? But also the F, the, the local FA has to uh, plays a role as well. Yes. So it, you're right. In one sense, if uh, if like Ottawa has a pre agreement with the CSA, yeah, which I don't think they do. But if they it was, did, it was year by year, basically. Yeah, then. year by year. But yeah. so let's say the CSA said, "Oh yeah, keep going." Concacaf could come and stand in and say, "Yeah, no, we're not allowing this." Which I think would be similar to you know what would, what could happen in like in UEFA if they ever felt like, "Oh yeah." Cardiff, you know, you, you got to play in Wales or whatever. Like technically I think they could say what happens, right?
1: Yeah. And then the thing is the owner, uh, sorry, the, uh, actually just John Pugh. I, I don't know I'm sure if he's the owner, but he's on the, uh, board and he's the president of the Fury, but he's also on the Canada soccer board as well. Yes. And I, it basically, it, uh, the person I talked to said that it doesn't look good because it, it, it seems like he, they're getting wrong information from the CSA. Um, like it's kind of being led the wrong way and he might not be able to have a team next year. And then what is it going to happen at that point? Are they going to crawl back to the CPL? Will the CPL take them at that point? Like what's going on? It's really in flux at this point.
3: I haven't heard anything else about, uh, those potential other sites in cities, communities in Canada for the CPL for 2019. Yeah. I, I I just know that the bridges in Ottawa. I don't know if they're burned, but there's obviously a lot of damage there.
1: And then they, will will they bring new investors to put a different team in there?
3: Oh yeah, that could totally happen. Yeah, I, I don't I don't, I don't think for necessarily 2019. Yeah, but oh yeah, like Ottawa Ottawa. Well, the actions Ottawa Fury took. Yeah, could see them not be a, there. Could be another uh, Canadian Premier League side in or around the Ottawa area that is not the, anything to do with the Fury. Yeah. And, and and then that would be a different kind of... It would be like the OKC soccer wars, you know, or yeah. uh, Oklahoma where you have the Energy and the Rayo OKC, like...
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Competing, it'd be, it'd competing, competing enterprises. in the same, same city yeah. or in the same in, area. In different leagues, but same city, yeah. yeah. Um, So that's the BC Soccer Web headlines. Thanks, uh, Bill. Bro- yeah, thanks, Bill. It was much easier this week finding all the information. Um, So check them out on BC Soccer Web if you're looking for news.
3: Um, anything else you wanted to bring up? I just yeah, before we go, I just want to say uh thanks uh to friend of the show. Well, just, he's a, he's a friend of a friend of ours. Yeah, a friend of ours. Um him. uh Will Will Silver, he was just over on a trip uh in the UK celebrating a, a milestone in his life and uh, uh uh went and watched his uh he's a magpie so watched, and watched his Newcastle United. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they lost when he was there. <laughs> he was there. I uh, watched some other football though too. Um, but he... was not he,
1: he was the one that was uh, that you guys were trying to mention? Uh, tell him that to catch that band. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> you woke him up um, or something. <laughs> yeah. So
3: he uh, sent along. Uh, it's gonna be sad. Michael's not here, but he sent along. Uh, something he picked up in the UK. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't in the it wasn't
1: box. Is it got to do with a segment? Yes, it does. It was <laughs> not in the
3: box tonight for Michael. But, okay. And I don't want to leave it in the box. No, but, don't leave um, it in the box. But There's a lot of hungry
1: uh, students around here.
3: It's McVitie's Digestives. Chocolate Digestives. The, yeah. The, yeah. They're Nibbles Caramel. Oh, okay. Milk chocolate coated biscuit balls with caramel flavor cream. That's good. So, Michael, I might save you one or
1: two. No, <laughs> no, I'll say, yeah, it, 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 it'll get them coming here next week. Yeah. But you,
3: again, just for the record, you cannot, I have cannot it. I cannot eat it. I'm allergic to chocolate. He, um, Will felt really bad about that, Steve. That's
2: fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm used, excited to I'm try used to I'm used to
1: disappointment.
2: <laughs>
1: this is a number not my birthday parties, but a number of birthday parties I go to, and I can't have cake because it's all chocolate, chocolate cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My kids sometimes. Um,
3: <laughs> so <laughs> They're, Your children are very insensitive of your dietary needs.
1: Well, they want chocolate, so they have to have it. I'll have something else, apple pie. Hey, how
3: are your kids? They're good. How's, yeah, how's the fam- family's good? Yeah,
1: everything's it's good. Been... How's
3: yours? Uh, yeah, good. We should
1: get back to the loved ones. We got. We're just before yeah. one o'clock. It's it's saying.
3: great how like we can do this in less than two hours. Sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, sometimes.
1: Yeah, uh, Zach, where can we find you online?
3: For me, it's at Zachary A M on Twitter. I'm on a part of the movement, Curve Collective.
1: And you can find me on Twitter at Whitecaps Beat, and you can find Michael at AFTNCanada Canada, and all this stuff on AFTN.ca. So, in the meantime, and in between time, that's another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. Join us next week. Goodbye.
0: Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful, and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug... It's going to stay with you for life.